Why don't they make adult rusks? Either Algernon or maybe Tim. Don't disappear up your own arse, right? This is why Midsummer Murders keeps going. How'd you like me now? Hello and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, the podcast where we go back and relive the golden years of kids' TV. I'm Will, with me as always is Liz. Hello, Liz. Ooh, nice bit of scatting for this hot summer's day. For this scooby dooby doo Oh yes, indeed, yes, the much more appropriate. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought you were just getting into the whole summer vibe. Yeah. Do you think scat is very summery, do you? Well, I think, I think anything with, like, ska at the start of it is summery. You know, scar. scarves, scarves, scar. <laughs> Immediately disproved. The first thing I thought of was scarves. <laughs> you can have summery scarves. Right, ridiculous. <laughs> what season do you think of when you think of a scarf? Oh, summer. Right, get out. <laughs> anyway, Liz, we're back again. We're back here to do another episode. That's that's it. That's yep, what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's that's what we do every time we do this <laughs> podcast. It's... You're looking at me desperately, but yep, we are back again. <laughs> what are we doing, Liz? We've watched Scooby Doo. We're going to talk about it. That's right. <laughs> is it Scooby Doo or is it Scooby Dooby Doo? It is Scooby Doo. Where are you? Right. So because what we watched, because mm-hmm. people people will want to know. They will want to know. Of course they will. We watched the original Scooby-Doo, which is from 1969. Yes, it is. So we watched the first ever episode of that. And then, um, and this was originally my pick. But if people have been listening and if they remember, we are watching some of the losers from our polls. We're doing a little series of losers. This lost out to, I've forgotten what it was. Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse. Right. Well, we decided at the end if that was the right call, but... I'm going to say right now it wasn't. Um, <laughs> oh, controversial. I, I, Scooby-Doo is iconic. I don't know what people are thinking. Anyway, <laughs> we watched the very original 1969 first episode, mm-hmm. which um, Scooby-Doo has carried on almost, you know, continuously since then, but in very different, you know, they're always bringing it back with a different sort of name. Yeah, there's little there's little changes and twists. So this first series is called Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yeah. Um, and then it, you change to things like Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, the Scooby-Doo Variety Hour, the Scooby-Laugh Olympics. You know, there's a whole range of things in there. They just keep sort of coming back with more more variants just to try and keep it keep it going. Yes. Keep it fresh. Well, I, you, say, you say fresh, <laughs> but essentially it's almost unchanged in all those years, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the outfits that they wore are so 60s, so dated, <laughs> but we can't bear to see them changed because they've become so iconic. Well, absolutely. Yeah, this, this is, they, they've got to be the same. They've got to, that's, that's the look. Yeah, so for the second episode, um, you influenced me here. You were like, we've got to choose one with Scrappy-Doo. Because you wanted to talk about Scrappy Doo, I feel like people will feel gypped if we didn't talk about Scrappy Doo. Maybe they will. I wouldn't have chosen a Scrappy Doo episode, <laughs> but it was a, it was a fine episode. So uh, we'll talk about that one second. That one's from was that from the eighties? Uh, that I think is from the uh, late seventies. Late seventies. So yeah, so they're both sort of outside of our usual time zone, but. I just think they were repeated all the time. Like, 
Oh, absolutely. You will have. We will have watched these sixties ones, won't we? Oh, definitely. Well, yeah. These this ones. is what people think of when they think of Scooby Doo. Yeah, you think of the Scooby Doo you watched on TV as a kid. It's definitely it's these. It's these yeah. Scooby Doo's. It's the classic. The whole gang's there. The mystery machine. You know, it, improbable like you know monsters, and then you whip the face off, and it's the person you thought it was all along. I was pleased with the amount of things we got from this first ever episode that were. Exactly as described, mm. exactly as hoped, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Scrappy-Doo isn't there, obviously, but everything else that I hoped for is basically already already established from the first, from the get-go. Yeah, well, let's get let's get into it then, Liz. All right, I'm so, getting into it. All right. I mean, first thing I want to talk about, the, the opening credits, yep. which set this show up well. Basically, you get, effectively, a mini-episode in the credits where there's going to yeah. be a spooky haunted house, there's going to be a lot of running along corridors... There's going to be like monsters, and then at the end they're going to unveil the monster, and everything's going to be fine. But because it, it's the '60s, it's got a very cool soundtrack. The 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 song is is cool. I bet everybody's sing, singing it themselves. Yeah, yeah. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh, it's just cool. I don't I don't care what anyone says. It's just cool. Mm. And yeah, I'm obsessed with the um the running shot that they do. Where they all kind of have their own style of running. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're running as a gang, but they all have their own distinct style of movement. They do, because Fred's very sort of forthright. You know, yes, he's his chest is up. Like collegiate athlete. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Shaggy sort of lollops. Yeah, Shaggy, like his, le- his, his stride is really long and he kind of runs with his arms like out in front of him and his hands sort of bent. He's a coward. He, yes, he's got a cowardly run. Cowardly run, but also kind of, at the same time, he's not going full pelt. It's cowardly, but lackadaisical. Mm, that's it. And that's, that's a tough line to tread when you're animating. It is, but if ever anybody's pulling it off, it's Shaggy. <laughs> and then Velma's very, she's very compact. Very mm. small sort of strides, you know, sort of uh, hands are up in a running motion, but she's she very tippy-toes. Yep. And then Daphne, I would say, you know, there's more elegance there. Yeah, there, there's, there's, yeah, there's more elegance there. I think, you know... You wouldn't even know she was running. No, that's it. That's it. She looks very at She's ease. gliding. Mm, that's it. Exactly. And obviously Scooby-Doo. Yeah, and Scooby does this almost kind of windmilling run. Like yes. his legs go all the way around. They do, like yeah. He's, uh, yeah, like, like he's some kind of dervish. You know, he's. Is that still okay to say? I don't know. I don't I, know. What... I bet it isn't. I don't know what a dervish is. No, but I think you should before you say it. Okay, but I apologise if I've offended anyone <laughs> with the, my, my unwitting use of the term dervish. People would be like, oh, what's Liz getting on? It doesn't mean... It means... There'll be no... three people from Derwent going, that is a slur, sir. <laughs> I have no idea what it means, but I'm sure it's offensive. Okay. <laughs> I just get the feeling. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that, are they, I mean, those are the characters. That's our, that's our gang. Yes. But... I think we should delve deeper into their personalities once we're further through the episode. Yeah, I agree. I think that's 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 what we're going to do. But this one starts off. We've got a bit of a cold open almost. Okay. Because we've got a a man driving a pickup truck 
uh, with a with a giant crate in the back. Yes, he's he's delivering a crate, and I think we can see the address is to a professor at a museum. Yes, it's a property of Professor Jameson <gasps> Hyde White. Hyde White, yeah, uh, of London, England. Yes, um, he's pulling along, and then suddenly uh, a suit of armor rises out the back and attacks him. All goes dark, mm. you know. And what's happened? There's been some kind of foul play. Now, at the same time, Scooby and Shaggy are hanging out in the woods. Well, yeah, they're walking home from the movies. Oh, yes, they're walking home from the movies. Through what are very clearly haunted woods. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's not a leaf on the trees, everything. There's, like, tendrils of fog creeping between all the branches. It's a spooky place. I think at this stage, Shaggy hasn't seen so much shit. And he's still, he's definitely not brave. Mm. But I don't think he's as cowardly. Like, I don't think that's as big a thing as yeah. it is later on. Yeah, I think you're right. I think later on, his first instinct later is just run at the first sign of anything that isn't edible. Yes, just don't get me involved in your plans. I'm not here. I'm just going somewhere else. Yeah. Whereas at this stage, he's in some woods. He's chill. Mm, he's all right. He's... Until? Until. Well, this is the thing. The first thing that got me is, so basically they're walking along and they spot this pickup truck. Yeah. And they're talking about how the fact that, you know, because they had to stay late, there were no buses or anything, and they go, hey, a pickup truck. I'm thinking, are they about to steal someone's car? I mean, you have to ask yourselves with these two. Like, clearly Shaggy is high the entire time. Oh, yeah. And they never get paid for solving all these mysteries. No, that's true. What is the income stream of the Mystery Machine gang? Uh, That's what I'd like to know, because I, I don't think Shaggy's worked a day in his life. No, they're they're right. He is the, the sort of guy, right? Who they give him a job as a cook in some fast food joint, and he quits after two days. Yeah, I am just now realizing I worked with him. I worked with this guy at the cinema. My first job was at a cinema, and <laughs> this guy came in, and he was stoned the entire time. None of us could really get through to him because we're all trying to like, help him out with his training. We're like, no, no, you have to stay stood on the drop box, which is what we called it, because you're supposed to take the tickets. And people would be handing him their tickets for the cinema and he'd be like, oh, cool, I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> That and they'd be like, well, which way is he? So he'd like, and he'd look around like he'd never seen the cinema before and be like, hey, I think it's that one. Right, genuinely, the most stoned individual I've ever met. He he was there for two, three days. And then um, he was like, yeah, probably going to quit. And um, <laughs> he, we were like, why are you going to quit though? What are you going to do instead? He's like, just go on the dole. Because at that time, the dole must have paid a little bit more because um, we earned, I believe, £3.20 an hour. (laughs) Oh, oh, those good old days. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was probably, you know, probably the right call for him, to be honest, because he didn't like like them getting at him, trying to get him to do stuff. (laughs) Never saw him again. Never saw him again. Amazing, amazing. Reminds me of um, Sean Penn in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, mm. you know. And I'm sure at the end, you know, he like he'll win the contest and be surrounded by the the babes, and everything will come good for him, just because he'll go happy go lucky idiot through life. Just just waltzing through life, yeah. You know, he's not bothered a, about anything. So it all crypto, comes good. He's probably a crypto millionaire by now. <laughs> I'm sure that he isn't. <laughs> 
if I if I try and think of what he's doing now in real life, it's not good. So <laughs> let's not go into it. No, all right. <laughs> but anyway, so they uh, they've got this truck, and they've basically they they've gone and got the others because because they need, this needs help. This needs figuring out. So the rest of the gang are all here, and they're looking around for clues. Has anybody? Wait, yeah. I'm not stoned. <laughs> we're still in the woods. Yeah, we're still in the woods. And the gang are looking for clues. Yeah, they, well, yeah, they clues to what? Well, to what's happened here? Because there's an abandoned pickup truck with a crate in the back. Because this episode, just to say, it isn't like a let's get the gang together and then you know we get the origin story of how they started solving mysteries. Oh, this no. isn't like you know, oh, this is their first ever mystery and why did they decide to take it on and whatever. It isn't that. It's literally they already have a. A van spray painted the mystery machine. Yeah, and yeah, so they 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 jump to it. If there's a mystery, they're going to solve it. I think. I mean, at this point, they could argue this isn't even a mystery. Some bloke's parked his truck and just yeah. gone for a wander, just walking. You know, he's that. Isn't there a knight in the front seat? The, ah, that's it. Yes, the, the knight suit of armor is in the front seat of the truck now. That is kind of a mystery. Will it is a mystery. So this is why they've gone to get the rest of the gang they come back they inspect the crate they find the label there Daphne finds a delivery note on the floor saying it's going to the county museum so the like museum, well yeah. let's go along to the county museum which is where we meet someone called Mr Wickles yes Mr Wickles they do say the name Mr Wickles a few times they do say Wickles quite a lot and I I I wasn't sure whether I was supposed to be able to take that seriously I I don't think you are I mean I think it's you know I I think maybe if it's you're a, out there and you're called Mr Wickles <laughs> My sincerest apologies, because I don't know that I could ever take a Mr. Wickles seriously. No. I couldn't, in fact. You know, you go into like a, a lawyer's office and it's all very serious and you're like, you know, you're afraid of what the consequences of your actions might be. Hello, I'm Mr. Wickles. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't do that. No, can't course. do it. Can't do it. Is there, is there a first name for Mr. Wickles that would allow you to take him seriously? Rutherford. Rutherford Wickles. Yeah, I can kind of see that. You see? I was, I see, I was wondering if going alliterative, like Warren Wickles might No, help. that's ridiculous. <laughs> alliterative is the worst way to go with Wickles. <laughs> I have to go with a real, like, tough first name. Yes. You know, like, like um, I don't know, Sylvester Wickles. No. No. Um, sounds, like, sounds like a cat. Arnold Wickles. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Wickles. Bruce Wickles. This is the thing I think I'm realising is like Hollywood action stars, their first names not that hard sounding when you pair them with Wickles. Is Bruce Wickles like your version of Bruce Willis? Yeah, I think so. And Sylvester Wickles is like Stallone. Right. No, no, as soon as you take Stallone, which is a hard name, away from Sylvester, yeah. it becomes absurd. This this is the thing with celebrities, you always say both names, right? Sylvester Stallone, he changes it to Sly because he is a man named Sylvester, right? Yeah. Bruce Willis is a man named Bruce. Mel Gibson. Mel, Mel. Wickles. Mel Wickles isn't going to work. The only one I can think that might work is Keanu Wickles. Keanu Wickles. That's, that, that man really has a tale to tell. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you are oh, Mr. Wickles. I run the local museum. Oh, your first name, Mr. Wickles? Keanu. Keanu Wickles. Keanu Wickles. <laughs> yes, yes, I now know. Now we're looking at Mr. Wickles differently. 
Because Mr. Wickles, he's not an impressive man. No, he's he's a he's a. What I... would you say is the first name of this Mr. Wickles to give the listeners an idea of the sort of Wickles we're talking about? Oh, either Algernon or maybe Tim. <laughs> I'm so sorry if anyone's name is Tim. My apologies if your name is Algernon, but uh, that you always have my apologies for that. <laughs> I was thinking of Dougie. Dougie. Dougie Wickles? Yes. Hello, Dougie Wickles here. <laughs> D- well, well, if you give him the accent, <laughs> if you give him the accent, he's always going to sound really... <laughs> Dougie Wickles, to me, is is a Yorkshire boxing promoter. But none of his fights are ever impressive. <laughs> you gave him that accent. <laughs> it just fits. Doggy Wickles here. No, Come I'm see thinking... the big fight this Friday night with two 12-year-olds in corner of car park. <laughs> Doggy oh. Wickles promotions. Remember, if it's not Doggy, it's not good. <laughs> it writes itself, Liz. I know going to say if it's not doggy it's not wickles <laughs> i don't know what it's not to make no it wouldn't doesn't make sense but it's what i thought was you gonna say wickles by name doggy by nature <laughs> it doesn't make sense <laughs> anyway mr wickles is very pleased that they've brought him this set of armor back because it's supposed to have been delivered here but the professor who was delivering it has gone missing the professor it belongs to is like oh don't know what's don't know what's going on here. It's all a bit weird. And he tells them this legend that this suit of armor, um, it's the Black Knight, isn't yes, it? Yes, the Black Knight. And he comes alive on the full moon. Yes, and they're like, oh, it was a full moon last night. Mm. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Mister Wickles is the only one who's ever heard of this legend, by the way. I mean, I should state that for the record, they're decidedly less sceptical than Liz. Oh, yes, they are. Well, they always are, though, aren't they? Despite this happening to them every single time, they never go to somebody... Well, you know what? Like, I, I just... just. Because we've we've had this kind of thing before. You're going to think this is crazy. I know you think that this is crazy, like that you could be behind all this. Like, I don't even want to say that to you, but <laughs> it's just we've been burnt a few times. I'm just going to have to ask you your whereabouts. I'm just going to have to ask you a couple of questions just so I can rule you out, okay? I'm, I realise it's an imposition, but just so I can rule you out. They never do that. <laughs> you, lead, you seem to lead quite a lavish lifestyle, Mr Wickles. Can you tell me how you fund that, being the director of a county museum mm. that has no patrons? Ah, oh, you say there's an obscure myth that no one's ever heard of, that the details just so happen to correspond to the exact story you're telling me. Can anybody verify this? <laughs> anyway, what so, do we do now? Well, they they start having a look around the museum and they're... they're In order to... to get them to have a look around the museum, they have to give Scooby a couple of Scooby snacks. Yes, they or do. Or he, he stands guard. Yes. And he is a coward, um, again, straight from the start. But yeah, Scooby snacks are in it right from the beginning. Yeah, now... Did you ever wonder what Scooby Snacks were? Well, I, I no, I think I just assumed they were like a dog treat. But Shaggy also eats them sometimes, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? I think he does, yeah. Yeah, I think he does. So, I don't know. Something that's ed- suitable for both dogs and humans to eat. Yes. Like sausage or chicken. <laughs> Sorry, like sausage? Yes. They're clearly like biscuits. Well, yeah, maybe sausage biscuits. Like little biscuits made of sausage. Go for a sausage biscuit. <laughs> anyway, I always I always just thought they looked tasty. Yeah? Yeah. And also when I was a kid, my youngest my younger sister youngest sister. As if I've got more than one. 
That's what a way to reveal it on the <laughs> podcast. Why? Why don't? Why don't I know how many sisters I've got? <laughs> My younger sister, right? Um, she had these special biscuits for babies, right? But me and my mum used to love them. She didn't seem that arsed. Because you know how babies eat? They're like, you know, put it in their mouth, gum it all up, then they throw it all around. Yeah. We loved it. Rusks. Rusks. We loved a rusk. I've, I've met a scary amount of people in my life who've told me that rusks are delicious. They're good. Why don't they make adult rusks? <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know, but they should. <laughs> we call them wickle biscuits. <laughs> I think I've had the equivalent of an adult rusk. Sure. Right. Do tell. Okay, okay, <laughs> right. My um my mum was from Lancashire. Okay. And up in Lancashire there's a chain of supermarkets, or there was, called Booths. Mm-hmm. Right. And we whenever we used to go up and see my grandparents or my um great aunt and uncle, we would have a trip to Booths and we would stock up on things you can only get in Lancashire. Right? Right. And one of the things we'd always come back with masses of packs of are thick tea biscuits, right? Thick tea Imagine biscuits. a rich tea biscuit, yeah. but like an inch thick. I mean, I'm imagining it. It's not a rusk. Wonderful, though. Wonderful. Just just like... As dry as a rich tea? Yeah, but lovely. Lovely, I, lovely, multi biscuity loveliness. I don't think I... I don't know... If, oh, you, you, haven't, you haven't lived. You haven't lived till you've had a thick tea biscuit. Okay. Oh, All right. You try dunking that in something. Oh, it soaks up the whole cup. It's amazing. <laughs> That's not really what I'm looking for from a biscuit. <laughs> really, you don't want a biscuit you can use as the base of a trifle. Oh, you haven't lived. You know, like, they're always saying about millennials killing off industries. Mm-hmm. I, I, If millennials killed off the rich tea, I'd be happy with it. Because to me, that is a shit biscuit. I mean, I think it is. I think To it... me, right, we've got hobnobs now. We don't need rich teas. We've got cookies, right? What the hell's anybody eating a rich tea for? I mean, I'm the kind of person yeah. who says, we've got chocolate hobnobs. We don't need any other biscuits, full stop. Well, no, that's crazy. Variety is the spice of life, Will. Mm. That's, but, ridi- that's crazy talk. I, say, I, would, I, I would be the kind of person to say that if it weren't for the thick tea biscuit, and I mourn the loss of my thick tea biscuits. Because... Mm. You'll have to get up to Lancashire. Can't get them anymore, I don't think. I think booths have been have been bought out. Oh, and no. I don't think they make the, the thick tea The whole industry's anymore. gone. I know, this is it. Bloody millennials, they've killed it off. No, that's no. that'll be something else. Brexit, yeah. Covid, or us, or millennials. They're, we're the three things killing stuff off at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, what we imagine Scooby Snacks to be is somewhere between delicious dog kibble and a rusk biscuit and a, or a, a very thick, rich tea. Something like that? Yeah, I think that's fair. That's... Yeah. They do look dry. They do look dry. They do look dry, but he, there's no, like, crunching. He, he yums them up in one in one go. It's uh, And, uh, you know, clearly gives him no bravery whatsoever, because he has that, and then 30 seconds later he's running into the museum because he gets scared of his own shadow. Um, yeah. So we haven't talked about Scooby at all. But he's a, he's supposed to be a Great Dane. Yes. So he's a big dog. Mm. A big, big dog. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're braver. No, this is the thing. I think there's... there's a, normally, my experience in life has been there's a correlation between the smaller the dog, the braver it is. Yes, to the point where the smallest of dogs are brave to the point of foolishness. Yes, exactly. A tiny chihuahua will fight anything. Yeah, and in your giant big dogs... They're like, Ooh. yeah, 
they're wimps. That's why you get like you know they jump into people's arms to hide away from stuff. Whoa. Exactly, exactly that. We had uh, a Labrador growing up, and he was terrified of small dogs. If a small dog came up to him and started yapping, he would put his tail between his legs and hide behind my dad. No, yeah. bless him. Yeah, and I, you know, much like Scooby Doo. We've see we've had lots of different dogs in my family. We're dog people, and when we had a small and a large dog at the same time, small one was obviously the boss. Always going to happen. Yeah. And we had a couple of um, pointers, which is similar to Labradors, that they're gun dogs and everything. And they, uh, yeah, one of them was scared, too scared of the chickens uh, to tell them off. Oh, we had chickens. Uh, too scared of the chickens to tell them off so that she used to let the chickens steal her food. Aww. This like flock of like, it was, only, it was only a few. We had like six or eight chickens that just come along, start stealing all her food. And she would just look at them like, oh no, what should I do? <laughs> is anyone going to help me? <laughs> Whereas a chihuahua would have killed them dead. One by one, obviously, you know, it's small. but <laughs> Not on maths. No, no, no. Not unless it's got some sort of weapon. <laughs> Semi-automatic. <laughs> Armed two hours. Now that's... That uh, that, that movie's out there, Will. That's a thought to keep you up at night. <laughs> anyway, so they do a lot of exploring of this, this museum at night um, to try and figure out what's going on. Velma's very sceptical. She's supposed to be the scientific, rational mind mm, here. Yes. Because she says, oh, it's only a superstition when Shaggy brings up the... Uh, this night and yeah. this coming to life and whatever. It's only a superstition, which is weird considering all they do is hang around ghosts and vampires and ghouls and all of them. Well, they're not real, but they, they experience them as real for a time. So for her to just be going, oh, it's only superstition. And I know she keeps doing this. That's her role. Mm. It is. It, I do love that, though. I love that they never learn. I think you need that. <laughs> yeah. You do, because otherwise these episodes would be 30 seconds long. And also, I think if you're going to have a formulaic thing, just stick to the formula. Mm -hmm. Don't disappear up your own arse, right? This is why Midsummer Murders keeps going, right? Because <laughs> what they do is they just keep murdering people in quaint little ways, right? If they had a series where they went, why have there been so many murders? They've got to be all connected and started doing some sort of conspiracy theory where Barnaby puts it all together and realises, you know, he's on a psych ward and it's all just the drugs they're pumping into him. And everybody would hate it. If you've got a formula people like, stick to it for decades if you need to. Don't mess with it. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see now a film version of Midsummer Murders with that kind of plot where it's like super dark, he's in the parish room, red string, going to disparate clues, trying to track a serial killer, then there's a viral outbreak, then animals get loose, then there's zombies, everything else, and all this just happening with Midsummer as the backdrop. And at the end, he just gets all tooled up with like um, like Rambo style. Yeah, yeah. And his sidekick is a chihuahua with a semi-automatic. Yes! That's, now that's a movie. <laughs> that's a movie. So that's so that's Velma. Yeah. The smart girl, very much scientifically minded. We get a scene now which really tells you quite a lot about um <laughs> quite a lot about Shaggy and Fred, right? Mm -hmm. Which is they need to get into a an, uh, a high window. Yes. Right? So they get a ladder. The ladder is nowhere near high enough to get up to this this window mm -hmm. 
Shaggy, I don't know if he volunteers or if they tell him to get up the ladder. They tell him to go on the basis that it's a small window and he's the thinnest. That's right. They say he's the thinnest, which I can't believe that Daphne would stand for that. (laughs) It's a bit of a burn. It's a read, isn't it? You know, Freddie's got his puffed up chest. I get what they're saying. Daphne, she's a slip of a girl. I mean, they can't be that can't be right, surely. Um, anyway, <laughs> proving Scooby snacks and weed have no nutritional value. They whatsoever. don't. They absolutely do not. Anyway, so Shaggy goes up this ladder. Mm-hmm. Fred then has like a car jack. Yeah, because the ladder's not tall enough. So he goes, wait a minute, gets the jack from the van, balances it under the ladder, and jacks the ladder up as high as possible. And it's still not high enough. No. So they're like, what's he going to do? He has to leap the last bit. Before before that, though, right, I have to say, when he's being jacked up, right, Shaggy adopts a stance, which I nearly lost my shit, Will. Yeah. He he's, he has adopted a stance. He's holding on to the ladder mm-hmm. um, at the top, but he's also on the top step. So you can imagine his butt's sticking out, all right? And... In the middle of jacking him up, Fred shouts out, don't forget to open the back door. <laughs> Will, I could hardly contain myself. <laughs> you, you know I love a double entendre. <laughs> I do. I do know you love a double entendre. I mean, it's there's loads of this stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Before, the, before this happens, I think uh, Daphne asks, or someone asks, why are we sending Shaggy up there? Yeah. And someone replies, <laughs> I think Velma goes... Don't worry, Shaggy's the swingingest gymnast in school. He'll get there fine. Imagine that. Can you imagine one in which this guy is the best gymnast in the school? No, I can't. I can't imagine him being good at anything at school. <laughs> I just assumed that he dropped out <laughs> because he he seems like a dropout. Yeah. One of the things I've always loved is when because we get some scenes here of them running um, when they do like encounter the night is the little percussion that they put over the running sounds. You know, where it's like, it's meant to be multiple people running, but they mm. don't do it in a, like a literal sound. It's like a... Yeah, almost like a, like a whizzing kind of thing. It's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I think, this is the thing. I think there's there's loads, and I don't know whether it feels almost like this is where those kind of, like, sound sound effects could have originated and then they just get copied by everything that comes after. I'm sure they didn't originate it. I'm sure that what's happened is it's just like one of the most popular of the time. So I've associated it with this, you know. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, the other well, the other thing Scooby Doo is famous for is like reusing bits of footage, which I think is what I'm talking about with the running. Like they always have that same running from the side with all their different walks. But they also, there was a bit in this where I saw Fred finds some paint. And this is a common thing for them to find a substance. Mm. You know, sometimes it's paint, sometimes it's oil, whatever. And he he will get a bit between his fingers and these elegant fingers will sort of rub it together. And I swear to God, right, some animator went, damn, that's really hard to get that right, how the hand moves when you're... (laughs) Robin, he's like, I'm never doing that again. I'm just going to use that same shot. That was so hard to get that movement right. Never again. Note to the writers, he must find substances regularly. Liquid substances. Something viscous. Don't matter the colour, but something. Yes, he can can paint out the (laughs) colour. The colour, but keep the rest of the animation the same. But never, never going to change that animation. (laughs) 
I can be- I can believe that completely because mm. it. I mean, that's the thing. There, yeah, there's a lot. There, yeah, there is a, there is a lot of stuff reused, even within the same episode. You get them running down the same corridor all the time. And you get, you know, you do get that, and I, I think it's like it's. It was obviously less obvious when people used to watch things once and then, you know, never again. But when it's repeated endlessly, and especially if you get two episodes together where they've reused a bit of footage, but I just. I I kind of don't mind it. It doesn't like spoil anything for me. Mm. It's one of those funny little things that it does, you know. Yeah, it makes it makes it what it it's, is. I I mean, it's almost. I think we have a preoccupation now with making things, scrubbing off all the gnarly edges, you know, polishing things too much, mm. because I kind of love that when you watch uh, these old animations, like if they're going to open a door. You can tell which door it is because, like, the other ones will be animated slightly differently, you know? Yes. Like, especially for kids' things, when kids are watching that, they're going, I've spotted the door they're going to open because I know, because I remember seeing something like this. And it's kind of like, it's one of those things, yeah, you can polish it out to make it, you know, more seamless for everyone. But there's something kind of quirky and cool about, like, feeling like you're in, you're so in on the whatever's going on that you understand things that you weren't meant to do you know what i mean yeah i know exactly what you mean i think it, it's yeah and it adds to your enjoyment as a kid you know when you're when you're when you, you're getting that little leg up on stuff i think you're right i think the, like imagine kids now watching bloody pixar and it's basically animated to the point where it could have been real life they actually have to choose to animate them in a, a bloody, you know, their faces in a cartoon style. Otherwise, it would just seem like it was real life half the time. Mm. And uh, th- imagine them. They're not watching any of it going, oh, I know how they did that bit. <laughs> Are they? Because they don't. They don't know how they did any of it. Kids no. don't know. Kids don't know nothing. But when I watched Scooby-Doo, I knew. I was <laughs> like, that's different. That's the door they're going to open. Thank you. <laughs> I already watched this shot. <laughs> Oh, that's the substance there. Fred's going to rub it between his fingers. Oh, yeah. You see substances, they're going to rub between their fingers. <laughs> then a lot of kind of running back and forth. There's slapstick, isn't there? There's a lot of slapstick. There's it... a great bit with, with Velma. Mm. Um, and cause Scooby, Shaggy and Velma have kind of gone off. They've separated from Daphne and Fred. And uh, then Velma and Scooby lose Shaggy. Um, the black the black knight is sneaking up behind them. Scooby sees it, but his teeth are chattering so much he's scared that Velma's tied his um, his mouth closed. Yep. And so he can't tell her what's going on. He runs past her, knocks her glasses off, so she can't see. Um, Again, a classic. Velma always has to get her glasses knocked yep. off. <laughs> and um, and then yeah, the black knight falls into the stocks. He's growling, and she thinks it's Shaggy Hmm. with a terrible cold. So she's like, it's all right, I brought you medicine. And so she's there, like, with no glasses on, eyes squinted, trying to feed medicine to a a monster. It's, yeah, just a great... And the thing is, it's it's quick. It's very, very quick, this situation builds. Yeah, the the slapstick and the chasing part, I think they always did really well in that... Um, yeah, you have all different characters meeting up and different little interplays between them. And um, this is the other thing you'd get. You'd always get them hiding, wouldn't you? In in a pot or like behind and they'd be the shape, you know, Scooby would be the shape of it and all that sort of stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, we didn't get too much of that, but we did get um, a, like a mask because it's a museum, like a sort of mask with some eyes moving. And you're yes. like, ooh, what's that about? 
which we don't find out until later. But then there was, um, speaking of classic things, it's like the glass is always happening. I was glad to see that Zoinks comes up right from the first episode. Yes. So I do associate that with being purely a Scooby-Doo word. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually invented it. I don't know if everybody in 1969 was saying zoinks. <laughs> I don't think so. No. i never I'm, seen it in anything else. I think if it was going to crop up anywhere else, it would have been like the Adam West Batman. And I don't ever remember it being in the Adam West Batman. Oh, that definitely that could be in the zoinks universe. Yeah. <laughs> in the zoinks-iverse. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ZCU. That's, uh... <laughs> I definitely... I don't remember it, you're right, but it, it would totally it fit. It would have been there, wouldn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was... Talking about how much I love the uh, slapstick, but of course we have to pay a huge toll, which is the destruction of many ancient artefacts in the museum, <laughs> including, I think, an entire T-Rex uh, statue that Scooby destroys because he's a dog and wants a bone. Yes. That old trope. But it's all right because he reassembles it. Sort of. And then they set off a plane by accident, Will, after that. They do. They which d- rips through... All sorts of stuff. Oh, it destroys masses. It just, the plane itself, the wings get torn off. I mean, I do have to question why you'd leave an ancient plane, you know, clearly something of importance because it's in a museum, fueled uh, and with the keys in it. Yes, probably, probably a bad plan to have left fuel mm. in the biplane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but with this, they chase the... They inadvertently chase the Black Knight. Yeah. And uh, knock him down and finally capture him. They do, they do. They um, they can finally do the moment we've all been waiting for, mm-hmm. which is the reveal. Because yes. uh, usually it's sort of like a mask or a rubber head, but in this case it's the suit of armour. Yeah. But they can take it off. I mean, I wonder if the viewers will have spotted who it's going to be. There's only two characters we've met this entire thing who well, we are haven't, in the mystery game. We've met one and we know of one other name. <laughs> Yes, that's true. So who could it possibly be? Of course, it's Dougie Wickles, everyone's favourite Yorkshire-based boxing promoter. (laughs) Yes, it is Mr Wickles, Mm. which, um, yeah, I I have to say, they didn't do a a good job of giving us any other characters. Because the professor who's gone missing was the guy in the mask with the moving eyes. Yes. So he's taken that guy... I can't remember exactly why. I can tell you exactly Oh, it's some why. sort of forgery plot. Basically, Wickles is forging all the artworks. Right. Presumably to sell off the real ones. Yeah. Uh, and have things there. And the reason he knocked out and then kidnapped the Professor and made up this whole Legend of the Black Knight thing was because the Professor was the only person in the world, apparently, who would have been able to spot that he'd been faking some of the antiquities. Ah, oh, okay, yes. Which begs the question, why on earth would you contact him and say, I'd really love to exhibit your suit of armour. Could you come to my museum? Oh, no, wait, I'm going to have to knock you out because you're, of course, the world's foremost art expert. Yes. Yeah, don't delve too far into it. it it's a flaw, I think, now. Going back and watching them through our eyes, I can see with a lot of these episodes that... The whole thing of let's let the villain dresses up in an in an in an outlandish costume yeah. to be a local legend. All it does is attract the attention of the four mystery solving teens. Yes. When actually, if you just, if he'd quietly got on with his forging plot, been fine. He would have been fine. Absolutely fine. But he had to add some sauce to it. Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's it. Just had to, the, the theatrical element is always what brings them down. Well, that's what this basically is. Is this is them <laughs> catching people. Criminals who are too theatrical every single week. All the criminals who are just quietly getting on with crime, 
they don't solve those ones. <laughs> no one wants to talk about the criminals who are just quietly getting on doing their jobs. No one wants to talk about it. Just your everyday working stiff criminal. <laughs> it's all the attentions on these big fancy ones, dressing up as mummies and ghosts and vampires. We've talked a bit about the characters there, mm-hmm. but I would love to know your thoughts before we meet in the second episode, um, what I think is universally everyone's least favourite character, possibly not even in Justin Scooby-Doo, <laughs> who, who your like favourites or uh, who your favourite is from this lot? I mean, the original, the OGs. I, I feel like there's there's a real um, there's a real chemistry between Velma and Shaggy when they're on screen. Do you think? So I think my favourite is probably either Velma or Shaggy. Interesting. I think, um, I think it's that. I think even with because I know you know later on, yeah. Um, you know that most of the gang disappear and the focus becomes Shaggy and Scooby and Scrappy, but. Mm. Even within this, the early part, you can see that Velma is there. She's delivering the the sceptical. She's delivering the inquisitive. She's doing a lot of the explanation. And also, she's doing a lot of the slapstick. You know, Fred, he's just window dressing. Yes, he's just a pretty boy. Yeah, Daphne, she's not contributing too much to the the proceedings either. No, you could have done this without Daphne. I'll be fair. I mean, to be honest, Shaggy and Scooby, although they've unwittingly, you know, save the day by catching Wickles, they've also destroyed a lot of antiquities. I've got to think if Velma was going this alone... Yes, she'd be much more effective. Much more effective. Much more effective. Do you remember what I said in the original uh, trail for this one? I I don't remember what you said in the original trail for this one. I said that if people voted for it, which again, they did not, the listeners let me down, that I would reveal who I thought was the sexiest and who I thought was the one that I would want to bang. Oh, okay. And... I did say at that time that it would not be the dog. (laughs) People could stop making those rumours about me. (laughs) Are you ready now to reveal who? Well, I want to know yours because I think, well, I could make a guess. Okay. Well, I mean, I think think mine probably is Velma. Do you think? think, I think, yeah, I think it is. Because I could see you being a Daphne. Well, I think think probably like... uh, (laughs) Because when we got together, you had had a real thing for red hair. I do have a thing for red hair. Even though I don't dye mine red anymore. (laughs) And just to be clear, I didn't die to attract him. <laughs> he pursued me, listeners. <laughs> it's true, listeners. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think I probably, I did it's, have a thing for Daphne growing up, but I think now, actually, as an adult, I think it's it's Velma. Okay, all right, I'll accept that. I had a thing for Daphne. Yes, I knew it. Yeah, knew it. Easily, easily. It's taught. like the Flintstones thing. Yeah. Right. Everyone's had a thing for for Wilma Flintstone. Right. But everyone wants Betty Rubble. I don't. I don't know if that's true. Especially not. Although I know there was a lot of outcry when they cast Rose, Rosie O'Donnell in that role in the film, <laughs> so that didn't align with people's <laughs> views of, Betty, views Rubble. of Betty Rubble. It did not align. <laughs> People were not happy with that casting. No. So I can't, come on then. What is your prediction for who I would bang from the Scooby Doo gang? <laughs> I mean, see, I I think I'm going to say Daphne. I think Daphne is your going to be your go-to. You're wrong. Oh, okay. Who is it? And I get why you say it. I I love a, a red-haired female cartoon character. Mm-hmm. I genuinely do. But Daphne is like the exception to that rule. Really? She's one of my least favourites. I have always had a thing for Shaggy. Wow, okay. Which I don't think people will be... Are you dressed as Shaggy, by the way? Um, 
<laughs> Inadvertently, I am wearing a green t-shirt and brown shorts. <laughs> what are you doing? Are we cosplaying now? <laughs> They're not flares. No, okay, not bell bottoms. <laughs> Not. It's just hot, all right? <laughs> it's hot and I haven't done any washing this weekend. Okay, okay, it's fine. You wear what you like. Now, I've always had a thing for Shaggy. And I think, I'll be honest with you, I think I just like his chilled out vibe. Mm-hmm. That stoner vibe. He just doesn't give a shit. But he, he does. He's a coward about things. But I think that's entirely sensible. I am a coward, right? If I don't need to go into dangerous situations, I don't want to go into dangerous situations. If there's an opportunity to eat food, I want to eat food. I am 100% on the Shaggy mindset. And I just, I I really have always loved Shaggy. Velma, I could make a case for Velma. Mm-hmm. But I see too much of myself in Velma. Okay. There's this thing, right? This is terrible, okay? This is singing Matilda. You remember the film Matilda? Yes. There's a scene where her mum is talking to Miss Honey. And she says to Miss Honey, um, I chose looks, you chose books, right? Which is like talking about the difference between them as women. Mm -hmm. That, you know, she chose looks, Miss Honey chose books. The irony being, of course, that Miss Honey is is beautiful and (laughs) Matilda's mum, Rhea Bowman, is done up, you know, awful. But anyway, I think there is a division in women of those that chose books and those that chose looks. In so much as when we're young, we feel we're more one of those things than the other, right. which is a reductive stereotype. It only holds true in about 90% of cases. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I think you feel when you're young, or certainly maybe we did in our generation, that you were kind of like, you were one of the smart kids, but you weren't a looker, or you're one of the pretty ones, or you at least tried to be pretty because you weren't smart. <laughs> I just think so many people... We're in one of those camps. Mm-hmm. You know this is true, though, of people, because we went to a wedding. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm still mad about it, right? <laughs> we went to a wedding of someone that we um, went to university with. Mm-hmm. He was in my year and studied the same topic as me, studied drama. And drama is something where you work together in groups quite a lot. So people that did drama all knew each other a lot more than you do on other university courses. But there was kind of a divide. And this person I was friends with, so I was on his side of the divide. But the bride, he'd sort of got to know her after university had finished. So in his speech, he says, you know, I never got to know you at first because there's a divide between the beautiful people and then uh, whoever I was on, whatever he called our lot, (laughs) on his side. I was like, oh, thanks. (laughs) I was like, school's not over. I'm at a wedding. (laughs) I've just been told that me and everybody I'm friends with are not the beautiful people. I mean, I knew that. I knew it already. But he didn't have to stand up there in front of the entire congregation and say it. So, yeah, I've never been one of the beautiful people. I've always been on the side of the uggos, freaks and weirdos. And I feel that Velma is my kin. Right, okay. Right? That's why you wouldn't bang Velma. She's just too similar to me. I, I've dressed up as Velma for Halloween before. She's just too close to who <laughs> I feel I am. She's also, she's a bit uptight. Mm-hmm. When you when you want someone bangable, you want something that they have, something that you don't. And Shaggy with his chill vibe has something that I don't. Fair enough. He's always stoned. He's not bothered about anything. Very tall. 
And he's tall. Yeah. Which, you know, I like. But at the same time, he's also got a great affinity for dogs. You both love dogs or something? Yeah, yeah. We've got loads in common. Oh, oh we'd have loads to chat I'll about. Common ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. I feel like you and Fred. There's, Fred, there'd be, a, there'd be a gulf of conversation there. Fred is dead last. <laughs> he's after the dog. No, he isn't. No. <laughs> no, he's dead last. Right. We're going. Right, final answer. Okay. Shaggy, Daphne, Velma, Fred. All right. Final answer. Okay, locked in. Locked I know in. nobody cares apart from me. <laughs> I told you I do this. I have to know. <laughs> People will care. So... But if anyone we're... wants to send in their order, I'm willing to listen to any of them. Because, <laughs> like I say, I can make a case for three of them. <laughs> There's no case to be made for Fred. I, I There's re- no case. I really like people to send us their rankings of, <laughs> of the four and where they would rank them in bangability for themselves. You don't have to do it general. Not not what society says is bangable. <laughs> not what society right? says. Don't go on society's view. <laughs> Your personal view. There'll be no judgment here. There'll be no judgment. Send us with some reasoning. You know, we'll discuss it. We'll, if we get enough, we'll do a special mini-sode where we'll just talk about the bang, the, the relative bangability of Scooby-Doo, the Scooby-Doo game. Very offensive, isn't it? Very offensive. Just to be clear, mm-hmm. right, there'd be no judgment from us. Yep. But if you put that on social media, other people will judge you. Oh, yeah, we can't control other people. We can't control... We, we've tried, but we can't. It's... <laughs> Our next episode, then. Right, he's here. He's the least favourite. Yeah, let's 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 talk about him. Okay, so this is now the series has become Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo. Yeah. Now I did a little bit of research beforehand and found out why this was the case. Oh, okay. So basically, ratings for Scooby Doo by the end of the sort of first series were tanking. People had got bored of it because it was very repetitive. You know, you had some of the writers, producers citing the fact that like. They've had some lackluster cameos that they've had. It, it was always a fake thing where they rip a mask off someone's face and nothing ever changed. So, And it was at risk of cancellation. They were going to cancel Scooby-Doo. So I guess my advice about never changing the format wasn't really very good advice. Well, apparently not. But, you know, I think you know, it was a different time. It was a different time. And I think now they're just people that are much more appreciative of, of repeating formats. But I think, because this is the problem, this is the other thing you do. They basically said, rather than... it. In order to not cancel it, you need a new character right. to change things up. Yeah. And they inserted Scrappy-Doo. Okay. They also sidelined... So this first series of Scra- Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, they sideline uh, Fred, Daphne and Velma for mm-hmm. the first series. For the second, third series, they're not there at all. Wow. They cut them out completely. Um, so then, then this is I think, and this is the other one. A lot of people remember when it's Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy Doo, and that's it. Yeah. And you know, and so Scrappy Doo is one of the most unpopular characters of all time, I think, anywhere. And the thing that I'll say to you is, I can totally understand why they introduced him. Mm. So he is because because you've got Shaggy and Scooby always wanting to run away from danger. So the idea of having something, because Scrappy's thing is that he's overly brave. He's that chihuahua with the semi-automatic. He wants to pull towards danger. Um, the idea of that works as what you need for the episode. And I know that there's lots of times where it's kind of like, um, because he's going after something he accidentally flushes it out or because they're running away and scrappy goes off somewhere else that you know they accidentally end up causing something that causes them to 
get the baddie, whatever it is. So the dynamic of having like the push and pull of, you know, towards or away from danger, two different directions, totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. And the idea of having a cute little dog, because the dog's the most popular character, that also makes sense. Everything about it makes sense until you actually see and meet Scrappy-Doo. Yeah. He's awful, isn't he? Oh, God, he's horrendous. He's... And the thing is, it's it's become a thing where it's been parodied in so many other things where they brought in a character that's nonsensical and just spouts catchphrases. Oh, the just catchphrases oh, thing. Oh, that's really bad. Awful. Because they're all here. They're all here. He's like straight on, bounds onto the screen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on, Uncle Scoobs, I'll splat him. And you're like, oh, God, it's him. Yeah. Even, to be honest, I was annoyed with him before the titles had ended <laughs> because... He, over scooby dooby doo he's going Scrappy-Dappy-Doo, which no one ever says. Nope. So it is honestly, like, they should have done it as though he was just bursting in and singing over the top, because that's how it sounds. (laughs) I mean, he yells the catchphrases over the credits. Yeah. It's it's just, it just... Just give him his own show, you know. Just, just. All... But nobody would watch it, will? No, this is the thing. No one would. I mean, I was reading about this because did you ever see the live-action Scooby-Doo movie they did? Oh, how have we not talked about that? How have we not talked about that yet? I, I don't know. Because it's perfect. Of course, I saw it. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> Can I just say, right? Mm-hmm. I should have talked about it with the fancying thing, right? The hottest thing, because I have a crush on Matthew Lillard only when he's shaggy. <laughs> Only when he's doing the voice. <laughs> Amazing. Such a problem. Oh. Such a problem. And also, right? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> I mean, I love Matthew Lillard. Okay. I, 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 you know, some of Matthew Lillard's films, you know, 13 Ghosts, I think, you know, he's great in that. Hackers is one of my favourite films. Terrible though it is, he's great in that. Uh, Wing Commander, you know. I'm sorry. Awful film. Awful film. He's brilliant in it, right? And I watch it with Matthew Lillard well, all day. Okay. Well, all you're doing here is proving that Matthew Lillard has made some appalling oh, movies. He's made some atrocious movies, Liz. But to to say you only fancy him when he's shaggy. Yep. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I, yeah, when he's doing the voice. Oh, but I've said I've said that I don't rank Velma at the top mm-hmm. but the exception is when she's being played by Linda Cardellini yeah. as she is in that film mm-hmm. she's one of my top girl crushes Linda Cardellini yeah. I think she's awesome oh she's incredibly hot and especially especially you know in that as Velma mm-hmm. whole Frank movie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar isn't it so. yeah which is great casting yeah. so good mm-hmm. and they actually I think bring a lot to Fred and Daphne because yeah they are just pretty people in the in the series so i think they bring a lot to that and they play with they play with this in that film because um yeah the dumb ones they they need help and like daphne's like oh i'm gonna prove i can do stuff and yeah they all play with those kind of you know tropes that we know about the show and the biggest thing they play with is scrappy doo being in it um I don't, I don't know if we want to do spoilers for a movie from like 2005 or whatever. Two, 2002. Oh is, my god, it's, it's 20 years it's old. 20 year old kids. Well, I think we're safe. Okay, Scrappy Doo's the baddie. <laughs> Scrappy is the baddie. Re- it's I, a great reveal. I've never seen it, but I was reading what? about it. Oh no! Oh, you're 
joking me? How have you not seen it? Because I've because, watched it so many times. Well, I've never seen it, but I was reading about it in my part of my research and found that uh, James Gunn, I think it is, who was like directing or producing that movie, mm. um, initially originally his plan was to have killed off Scrappy Doo. And not have him as the villain. And yeah. basically found they, they took it out because he said, yeah, we all hated Scrappy Doo, but turns out five and six-year-olds love him. Well, <laughs> I was going to say this to you as well. I I think I went through a phase of, you know, when I was very, very young, being disappointed with the Scooby-Doo episodes where Scrappy Doo didn't turn up in them. Mm. And it's not because you like him as a character, but, but I think it's because he feels the story with so much energy like hating him <laughs> and hating everything he does is quite a big part of watching those episodes yes so they seem a little bit quiet without him do you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean i think it, it's it, there's, there's a real dynamic shift and i think this is the thing I, I can imagine if you are getting tired of the format yeah Inserting a character that just draws all your ire and hatred mm. is a good way to like stay fresh. You yeah, know, yeah. it's a good way to keep you engaged it's, in the it's show. It's a way. Just it's go, a day ah, way. Not that prick again. But this one, we've we, another thing they started doing was having them go to more specific locales. So here we're in San Francisco. Yes, the episode we're watching is "I Left My Neck in San Francisco." Great title. It Great is. Title it's a episode. funny title. Yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we meet um, a few characters. See, again, there's there's that thing of they literally only introduced us to one character in that first episode. But here we get a boatload of characters. Yes, we do. Literally, <laughs> they're on a boat. Um, you got it. The, the yeah, listeners oh, didn't. No, no, sorry. <laughs> I, I laughed too early. I ruined the they setup. Didn't, they didn't realise there was a boat yet, Will. I was going to tell. <laughs> ah, anyway, sorry. don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry listeners no it's three anyway um so there's an old woman a young woman mm-hmm. and a man now we do, they don't really flesh out these characters which is why i'm a little you know i haven't got much on the details i did enjoy the first interaction with the younger woman is um she mentions this myth that is going to be the point of the episode which is a lady vampire <laughs> <laughs> now I think we've evolved to a point now where we think of vampire as a gender neutral term. Yeah. But apparently at this time we had to specify it's a lady vampire. <laughs> a lady vampire. Like it's like when um like old people say, Oh, I saw the doctor. It was a lady doctor. <laughs> it was a lady vampire. <laughs> yes, so <laughs> Uh, Sally starts telling them about this uh, this myth of the lady vampire of San Francisco Bay or whatever it is. And then uh, uh, Daphne starts to get all scared because she's pathetic and a woman and whatever. And <laughs> well, she's also seasick. And the bloke just goes to her, um, come on, Sally, in this like so disparaging <laughs> term that it, it made, I really assumed that Sally was going to be the like the antagonist she mm. was going to be the rip-off mask moment um just from just from the tone that he gave come on <laughs> sally i had no setup apart from they were starting to talk about a lady vampire so you think it's going to be a woman i guess yeah but we had two women at that point and i was like definitely sally could, could be either one of them but yeah it's definitely her so the mystery gang are here for a tour of alcatraz yes and uh scooby and shaggy decide they're too scared to go into alcatraz um, doesn't seem an ideal, you know, destination for them because they're scared of everything. So why would you want to go to Alcatraz? Absolutely, absolutely. So they decide to wait outside. 
Um, and Scrappy is determined to look for this vampire. So he looks under a rock, he looks in some grass, and startles a duck. <laughs> He's throwing out all sorts of catchphrases. I'm oh. going to rock him, sock him, and, you know... Let me at him, let me at him. Let me at him, let me at him. Yeah. Uh, and then he, and then finally the vampire does appear next to Scooby and Shaggy. Uh, and it's... Would you say it's an impressive-looking lady vampire? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> um... It's not what I hoped for. No. I'll be honest. <laughs> it's, it's um it's it's like me having a bad hair day. <laughs> it's a woman with, with long red hair in like a big purple and red cape dress robe thing. It's a cape. She's got a purple cape. And yeah, she's got red hair just like Daphne's. This is gonna be the point of the episode, is that you know, uh it could be Daphne or they get mixed up between whether it's the vampire or Daphne. That's that's you know, that comes yeah. up. Um, but yeah, the look of her is just not very impressive. No, no, it's not. And, and I wanted her to be scary because I don't think you get as many female villains, and I wanted her to be more frightening. You see, I think you know the titles, and so they give you, you know, they give you scary, like, ectoplasmic-looking ghosts and you mm. know headless horsemen and things that actually look like scary. And this just is. This is just a person in a costume. It isn't scary at all. I definitely remember an electric type man. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. There's a you... man who's got like an electric force field around him and yeah, yeah. Turns out he's a mad scientist or whatever. Mm. Anyway, um, whilst Daphne, Velma and Fred are having their tour of the museum, there's they're getting some information on Lefty Callahan. Yes. Which they've obviously tried to make up a villain name which is suitable for children. And they've settled on Lefty Callahan, which I think is a terrible name. <laughs> um, and Lefty Callahan, jewels were never found. That's all I got from that. Yeah. That's the backstory there. Yeah, I, I, my immediate thought was there's going to be some jewels in Alcatraz, and that's why there's a vampire at Alcatraz to try and scare off anyone coming to look for the jewels because that's the standard thing. Very quickly, they move us away from Alcatraz altogether. We're back on the boat. Back on the boat. And and Velma notices that one of the lights is out, and they go, yes, the red light, the the lens is gone. That's that's what it is. Like, oh, okay, and we're she... both noting that down, like, that's something to do with it. So record that in your pocketbooks for later. You'll yes, need that. Yes, you'll need, go, you'll and need she, that. And she goes, mm, yes, it's very interesting. Like, Velma like, does. Velma clocked it. Velma she knows. Clocked it straight yeah, away. Yeah. So they all get back to the hotel, and they've been told there's a tour of Fisherman's Wharf in the evening. Daphne's not feeling well, so she's going out to bed. The others decide to go into the reading room to do some research on the Lady Vampire of the Bay. They keep saying that. The Lady Vampire of the Bay. And every time it got more ridiculous to me. <laughs> the Lady Vampire of the Bay. I mean, because even if you're in a, in a rush, which you are for a lot of this episode, you just go, ah, it's the vampire. Not, ah, it's the Lady Vampire of the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, a Lady Vampire. I can't. <laughs> can't even it's awful so uh but they've looked up the legend and and then basically they're off doing other bits and pieces around san francisco and shaggy and scooby have a great plan to defend themselves against a vampire which is to order a very large garlic pizza with lots and lots of garlic on it oh honestly i was i was getting tummy troubles just looking at it Oh dear! So that, and yeah, it's not. It's it's so strong that when they breathe on a pot plant next to them, the pot plant flips over and dies. I could have bet you money 
that we would get a demonstration of the breath being so bad Mm -hmm. that a flower or plant would wilt. I could have bet you money on that. Even before I saw the plant, I was like, "That's they're going to show us that. But yeah, they want to frighten away any potential vampires, so they, they load up on garlic breath. We never get to see that, though. They never breathe on her and it doesn't work. Like... I mean, I don't want to, like, check off gun this, but <laughs> if you show us something, we need to see the payoff. Yeah, you know? exactly. I needed to see them breathe garlic breath, and she just goes and shakes it off. Yeah. I needed that scene. There's got to be something. that I mean, this is the thing. They've, they've Never comes the back. Never, Never comes, comes back. back. Wilt's that plant. Back. That's the end of it. Ah, oh, ridiculous. They um, There's another bit in the hotel, though, and they've basically read that the vampire hasn't got any reflection. Yeah, they, yeah. That, I mean, we know that it's about vampires, but they are doing some research to make sure or whatever. So that, that's how they're going to spot it, that yeah. the, the vampire has no reflection. Now, this happens because there's a huge mirror there. Yes. And the vampire walks in front of it and there's no reflection. Mm-hmm. Which I was, to be honest, I was wondering about how they would do that because we know it's going to be someone in a mask. Yeah. We already know it's going to be someone in a mask. But... Um, I was so I was looking out for clues, but they do a shot of this uh, this mirror where you see two golden eagles above the. I I just did you spot this? I did, yeah, and because Vel, Velma kind of like reaches up, touch one, and goes, "Hmm, interesting." Yeah, it was like it was a thing, but it's never explained, was it? No, it's another Chekhov's gun. It's another like don't don't show us a clue, and they're not actually reference it as a clue. Because I, I, I'm going to be honest, I uh, thought they were. I thought they were Nazi symbols, <laughs> the golden eagles. Did you? You didn't think that? I did, that wasn't my no, my immediate thing. I okay, because no. I do have this thing, right? It's going to sound weird, but I used to watch a lot of sixties and seventies TV shows with my dad. Mm-hmm. He's a big fan of, especially the kind of like detective, you know, sort of shows that you had around there. Your Mission Impossible, Kojak, uh, Vandervolk. <laughs> Later on, Hawaii Five O. I I could go on. Though literally, the man from Uncle, the man in the suitcase. I could go on all day. The persuaders, the professionals, uh, uh, all of that stuff. He's, Sweeney the Saint. Uh, yes, I used to watch all of these, all of them. Um, and one thing that happened as a result of me watching these was that any time I saw a show where there was something to be revealed, like in a mystery room behind a mystery door, I anticipated that it would be a Nazi shrine. How often did a Nazi shrine crop up in these programmes? More than you'd think. <laughs> okay. More than you'd think. I think because of the timing, right. you've got to remember these shows that made in the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. people from the Second World War would have still been alive. Yeah. Okay. So... It was a common thing then that you go into this secret room and it would be lots of Nazi memorabilia, either from themselves or a family member who was an actual Nazi. And so it just became like a thing that I would notice when I was watching all these shows, that there was a Nazi shrine behind mystery doors. But I started anticipating it in like shows from much later on. So so I'm young when I'm watching this. So as a 14-year-old, you know, I'm watching... (laughs) I'm watching like Blind Date, Bachelor number one. Is it going to be the Nazi Shrine? No. (laughs) It wasn't every mystery door, Will. (laughs) I'm just saying. um... (laughs) 
just saying, when I saw those golden eagles, <laughs> what I thought was going to be behind that mirror was a Nazi shrine. It would have been a hell of a twist. <laughs> would have been a hell of a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> I don't think there's an episode of Scooby-Doo where he meets the Nazis. I... Actually, now I'm saying it, I think there is. Oh, okay. I think there might be, but, you know, they don't, maybe don't explicitly say that that's what it is. But anyway, yes... So, That's just where my brain went. Fair enough. Well, I, I wasn't anticipating a Nazi shrine. I've got it right once. <laughs> when was that? Can't remember. <laughs> but whoever I was watching TV with was hella impressed. <laughs> I'm... Like, There's going to be a Nazi shrine behind that. There is. Called it. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I love to predict a twist. You do love to predict a twist. <laughs> Genuinely went through about 15 years of my life where any mystery door, I'll go, is it a Nazi shrine? (laughs) (laughs) And I blame my dad. Oh, amazing. Amazing. What a, what a thing to be looking on the lookout for. Oh, incredible. (laughs) But this whole thing, so there's lots more chasing around the vampire now the vampires in Chinatown stealing an eye off a of a tiger over a gate you know it's it's like a jade looking eye yeah. isn't it and you know then it's then it, then Scooby and Scrappy and and Shaggy are chasing it and they they see it turn into a bat and then the bat flies into they Daphne. think they see it yes. turn into a bat yeah it turns out it's just a bat yeah it's just a bat and a bat that happened to be in the same locale yes <laughs> Oh, and they also they chase after it at one point, thinking it's Daphne. They're like, we've got to catch up to Daphne. Mm. Why they believe that Daphne is the only redhead in the world, I don't know. Because they know it's a redheaded vampire. They've seen it before. Yes, and it's wearing a purple cape, and she wears purple. Yeah. I mean, it, they're chasing after it. Will <laughs> they never learn? No. They never learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they never do. They never do. There's no, there's no thought. There's no thought going into this at all. It's only after we had like these sort of third, you know, fourth vampire sighting, they finally actually start to do some investigating. And this is where um, they go back to the hotel and look at the mirror again. And Fred finds a substance on the floor. Yes, again, fresh paint. Fresh paint, rub between the fingers. That's what it is. Yep. And it's the, he said it's the same paint as the colour of the walls, but all the walls are dry. So where's the paint come from? Yeah. Where indeed, Fred? Where indeed? Well, no, can you actually tell me? Because I don't understand the reveal. Right. The reveal is that basically the the the, the vampire turned the lights out, Yeah. put up a painting of a mirror, which is that must be the most incredible painting of all time, because it's got perfect <laughs> perspective for the six people looking at it. Wow. And also shows their reflections, but doesn't show the reflection of the vampire standing in front of it. Then when the vampire that runs away... That was really away, a quick paint job, wasn't it? Incredibly quick paint job. When the vampire runs away, they turn the lights off again. The vampire runs back into the room, takes down this giant wet painting they've got, carries it out of the room, and then the lights come back on ten seconds later, leaving the exact mirror and some wet paint on the floor. Incredible. Incredible, because the the... Lights out was so quick that I didn't notice it. And the explanation of that was so quick that I couldn't follow it. No. And do you want to know the thing that's most maddening about this for me? What? There's no reason for that vampire to go to the hotel. There's no... None Damn, of, that's a good point. They're trying to steal some jewels. None of the jewels are there. Yeah, so we, we find out that they're trying to reclaim all these jewels from Lefty Callahan. Yes. And the red light in the boat turns out was a ruby. Yeah. The emerald was this eye of this tiger that was in Chinatown. Yep. 
and they figure out that there's a diamond missing. So yes. they go to the theatre where there's a big chandelier. Yeah, where is that? None of them are in the hotel. None of them are at the hotel. The, the vampire No reason to go to the hotel. The, yep. So that means she had all the paints and the mirror ready to do that just in case. Not even just, I think not even just in case, just a, this is to prove that I am a vampire. Even further. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. I've, uh, it, this it doesn't is, work. No, the, again, it's another case of a, of a criminal being overly theatrical. That's very theatrical, isn't it? I mean, the bit where she was swinging on the chandelier was a bit Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Mm. But, oh, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, so they've gone all gone to the opera house, which is closed, and found the vampire who swung onto the chandelier and got the, the diamond. Scrappy has set a trap which captures Scooby and Shaggy, and I always remember that being a thing, that you get to almost the sort of denouement of the episode, yeah. and he'd go, I'm going to set a Scrappy trap. Yes, and it's like a mouse trap style, uh, you know, knock-on chain of events mm-hmm. that never pays off. No, because inevitably... The, the villain runs through it and yes. then Scooby and Shaggy get caught in it. Yes. Yeah, that and is a thing that happens a lot. something else happens that knocks the villain out and it's like, ah, it worked perfectly. Yeah, that happens every time. Yeah. So this one, they do catch the vampire and... Well, no, they don't. The vampire disappears. Yeah. And the three other people we've met all come running in from different doors. I'm, I think this reveal is top tier. Yeah. Genuinely. So basically, yeah. It, um, like Agatha Christie style, all the potential suspects appear, including Daphne, who's like, I was ill, but now I just so happened to see that there were lights on in this opera house and I came in. Like, whatever, Daphne. I mean... <laughs> Who just goes I, into a room because it's lit? Or I'm, I was willing to rule you out on the fact that you're one of our main characters, but that's so suspicious. Now I think you've done something else. <laughs> She's cheating on Fred. She's cheating on Fred. Well, well you'd get bored of Fred, wouldn't you? Well, you would do. I, I, you would I do. can't make a case for Fred. And Shaggy's too busy running around eating garlic pizza. That's Oh, God. She, she can't, yeah. do it. She can't no. get any time alone with him. No, no, no. Velma's got him. Velma and him do some dirty stuff. Velma and Shaggy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, this so these three, these three suspects and Daphne have all burst onto the stage. And Velma very quickly reveals that it's the old lady... Because it she, wasn't Sally at all. It wasn't Sally at all. So that's classic misdirection. The old there. lady had told them an excuse to get out of going to the, the, the wharf tour. Yes, she said she was going to be going to the opera tonight, but the opera house is closed, so no opera for her. So they they instead of pulling off one of these like crazy masks and revealing a person underneath, they pull off the old woman's face. <laughs> like how good was the mask of an old woman's face that they didn't spot it up top? Amazing, amazing. So they pull off her face yep. to reveal the vampire underneath. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's in full vampire mode underneath. Including the massive long wig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Under under yeah. this perfect face of a woman. <laughs> I love it because I was kind of hoping that they'd then pull off that mask. Yeah, and yeah. There'd be another person underneath. Oh, absolutely. I was hoping that they would pull off that mask and it'd be the old woman again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> just more layers. Layers, just the same two characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, they take off that so they've got the vampire face. And then Fred gets like a handkerchief and wipes off. The makeup and most of the hair. Yes. To reveal yes. that this old woman is in fact a young woman and is Lefty Callahan. Yes, because they all knew the story of Lefty Callahan, but didn't know she was a woman. Yes. 
I mean, incredible that she was a woman who stayed in the famously a male-only prison on Alcatraz. Yes, they were the only woman in Alcatraz, I assume. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And yeah, she was coming back to, to reclaim the jewels that she stole. Uh, in the first place, and yeah, the whole thing wraps up wraps up very neatly. Because she is quite young, considering. I assume Alcatraz is closed if it's a tourist yeah, hotspot. I, I don't know when this is set, but I presume it's set contemporaneously. In which case, I think Alcatraz has been shut for maybe fifteen years. Mm, um, mm. So it's yeah, it's it's a fair while, but yeah, it's all right. It's all it's all good in the end. They finally caught. Well, they they caught Lefty Callahan, so it's, Lefty that's Callahan. all that's all they needed to do. Yes. Our intrepid gang. So there we are. So that was Scooby-Doo, Liz. So now we've got to go to the questions. Now, okay. So we have to ask ourselves, how do you like me now? And also, was it fair that this was beaten by Danger Mouse? I do remember enjoying Danger Mouse. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to go deep, deep layers here. All right. Okay. I think that Scooby-Doo is more iconic. I love the look of the characters like Everybody can imagine all their outfits, their you know, their little personalities and the the formula of these episodes. It's so iconic. I love that. And I think that for me is better than Danger Mouse. But I also remember that what we originally voted on was watching an uh, an original episode and an update. And I thought the update to Danger Mouse was great. Mm. Whereas I think a lot of the updates to Scooby Doo have been shite. <laughs> I I I sort of I have very mixed feelings about adding Scrappy Doo because what you said about reinvigorating the format it definitely does that giving you somebody to hate it actually does add quite a lot of you know sort of interest in the episodes even though we all hate the actual <laughs> character yeah I kind of I think I'm going to say this should have won see now I feel I feel in a difficult position because I feel the same as you. I feel that this is iconic. This has got a great look. This is just an this is just a classic all way, all day long. And yeah, I do feel that. Whereas the new Danger Mouse improved, this one got worse. But for me, I'm just going to have to base it on enjoyment. And overall, I enjoyed the new Danger Mouse so much mm. that I think for me, Danger Mouse wins out. I think it's going to be. I think Danger Mouse worthy winner. I think okay. Both great shows. Don't get me wrong. Both great shows, but I think Danger Mouse just edges it by a nose. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So. So Liz, how do you like me now for Scooby Doo? I think this is just a classic. Yes, I know it's formulaic, and we're making, we're just taking the Mickey, just taking the Mickey out of how they do things. But for some reason, it works. And, you know, I I love it. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not going to sit down and binge watch them all because you don't need to. It's just, I don't know. I'm glad that it existed in the way that it did. And I think some of the updates to it have been rubbish. But then, again, the film, I think, is actually really good and I really enjoy. You know, so I'm, I might even make you watch that. All right. Well, that's a plan then. Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, get in touch on social media. Tell us what you thought of Scooby-Doo and whether you think it was a worthy winner, whether uh, Danger Mouse won it fair and square. And who you'd bang. And who you'd bang. Send us your bang (laughs) recommendations. Oh, no. (laughs) We're problematic. (laughs) Send Sorry, yes. Send us your bang rankings. (laughs) Oh, God. And if we get enough, that mini-sode is going to be coming. (laughs) Until then, 
We'll be back next time. We're off to go and watch Scooby-Doo. Thanks and bye.